This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3244 for Thursday the 7th of January 2021. Today's show is entitled, Interview with Anko Skolter, host CEO of Freedom Internet and is part of the series, Interviews. It is hosted by Ken Fallon and is about 70 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is, could there be an ISP that wants free and open internet for privacy, security and quality? This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. Today we're talking to Anko from freedom.nl. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good evening. Well, you're from the internet service provider as opposed to the freedom.nl team. Is that correct? Very correct. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'm director of uh, freedom.nl. As well. Very good. So... Um, when I came to the Netherlands uh, some time ago, there was, uh, when I asked my tech buddies what the best internet service provider was at the time, and that was Access for All. Um, and over my time period, I moved to Access for All because I was, um, yeah, I was happy with their service and their approach. But then um, there was, they got taken over by KPN with the guarantee that they would be continuing as a, their own enterprise. And then from that, things went pear-shape and out of, out of all of that came freedom.nl. I wonder, could you talk me through the story, please, of um, were you there at the time of Access for All starting or? I started working at Access for All as head of uh, software development. Later on, mm-hmm. I was involved in special projects where we did uh, hosting solutions or all specials for uh, larger clients. Yeah. Uh, How far after? Did when did you join? Around 2000. Very good, yeah. But I left uh, uh, the company in 2004. I uh, decided to pursue uh, my own business. Uh, but uh, the team of Access Roll is a very tight team. Always ha- has been and always will be, I, th- I guess. And so we kept uh, always in contact and uh, speak uh, to each other regularly. And then in uh, February 2019, everything came to a shocking, uh, world-changing event. And the CEO of KPN announced that he would uh, change uh, changed the, the strategy, strategy of the firm, KPN, over to what he called a one-brand strategy. Mm-hmm. It means that the company access for all was uh, yeah, get rid of. I remember uh, full disclosure, I was working for uh, Planet Internet back in the day. Um, and around the same time, Planet Internet and access for all were 
um, brought under the KPN umbrella. And at the time, yeah, Access for All was allowed to uh, continue on its own, whereas Planus Internet was consumed by the by KPN. And nine business cards in five months later shows you kind of uh, different agile. job type changes. Yeah, agile. Yeah, agile is a word. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, 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 the idea of bringing uh, extra under the KPN umbrella in, it was already in uh, 89, uh, nine, uh, 98, sorry, um, was, a, was a very good one because KP, KPN was still looking what this internet thing was. Uh, there was a lot of knowledge within Access for All. There were those crazy nerdy people that, that they did great things. And... The idea is that, that you have a company there with, with people that really know what we're talking about. Use it as a almost like a, a cooking lab for all kinds of new services out there on this on this this probably going to be the big thing called the internet. Yeah, and just for people who are not listening, uh, not familiar with the setup in the Netherlands, KPN is the uh, incumbent telco operator, and at the time. They realized, that, I guess, that the internet was a thing and that they needed to be involved in it. So, hence the discussions. So, what made Access for All such a such a good ISP at the time? What do you think? Well, I think that, that there are uh, three factors on it. Um, always went technology first. Technology was a very important part of the company. Yeah? The, 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 the heart of the company were uh, uh, real crazy, almost like hackers geeks that really went the extra mile for the customers on technical solutions. Special things could be done finding customers. So that makes a difference in the most ISPs that just don't uh, have a standard product. Of course, there was standard products, but lots, lot of things could be arranged for customers. I remember and one apart of the... from that, uh, there was this huge uh, concern about, at that time already, about uh, privacy matters and security matters on the internet. Where is this all going? And already played a very active role from the start in having ideas about that and, and, and having an actively opinion about it in media. That's already apart from the mainstream ISPs. Example that that's uh, uh, one of the first things that already came to mind. That when those days people start doing hosting of websites, and there was already discussion: what can you put on a website, and what what you can't, and is the provider responsible for content? Those discussions were already done in in the, in the nineties by by Access Four. Already huge huge discussions with the Scientology Church, and they really took uh, 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 firm positions in that, also with the Pirate Bay. And all those, as an ISP, it was all, always very actively involved in those discussions. That's really different from the main uh, stream providers that just roll in, hey, I just want to sell as much subscription. there? Hello? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Um, oh, okay. Carry on. Um, so in, in, in that respect, it, 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 it's a, it was concerning about technical excellence, uh, a real uh, idea about uh, security and privacy, and uh, an active role in that. And also always be sure that they could 
help the customers to level. So whether you had a problem with uh, your your Windows machine or in those days very peculiar Macintosh or even, God forbid, a Linux machine or whatever, you still got, mm-hmm. were able to get support from from uh, from control. Uh, uh, and also that was very different to other providers. Took a very position in the market what sets apart from the from the, the other companies. I must say privacy I I noticed when I joined the service that everything was off by default. Uh, all security was on by default. Your phone number wasn't listed. You could run your own services if you wished. Is this the sort of thing? Yeah, you can run. Of course, if if you're technical, you can. You're allowed to run your servers. You're allowed to do whatever you want on the internet, unless you, of course, uh, you have problems on your IP. And you get a fixed IP address, for example. That was something that all the other providers thought. Why, in first name, would anybody, a customer, need a fixed IP address? Nobody uh, was doing that, but Xtrol did from the right from day one. When IPv6 came uh, out, it started supporting full uh, IPv6, I think, in 2009 or 2010, as as the only provider in the Netherlands that actually promoted IPv6 as a, as a good way to go forward. Nobody, no other provider cared at that moment about IPv6. Always looking for those things, which sets it again apart on technical and took a very different approach to to uh, taking your your customers uh, seriously. So then, what was the great change? Why, if that was continuing on, why was why did they decide to incorporate Access for All into the greater KPN? Well, what what the Maximo Ibera, the the, the CEO at that time when that announcement came. He uh, was convinced, or is yeah, was convinced. He's gone now. But um, that a KPN uh, was the, should be the premium brand of KPN. Thought that uh, having Xfrol as a premium brand under a KPN umbrella was not a good idea. He wanted to have one strong premium brand, which was called KPN. And they be- sincerely believe that they could just. Uh, all the clients from Access for All, which is was at that time still a separate company, uh, to KPN, and, and and that KPN could do the services that Xtrol did. That's why he said from day one, "Well, it's not a problem because nothing will change." That was the trigger for a group of people uh, consisting of uh, old Xtrol, but also current employees of Xtrol, to get sit together and say, "Hey, this is a bad idea. You have a." SP in the in the Dutch market, which really sets apart from the rest of the uh, IPs, premium brand with a very loyal community of users that you're now um, just just wiping away from from the from the, the playing field, and those people are not going to KPN because KPN is not seen, although it's a great a, a large telecom operator in the Netherlands, is not seen as same quality and technical quality league as Access for All is. Um, so there was a that's why a action group started, and so, which was called uh, in, in, in Access for All Mobilizer, which translates to Access for All Must Stay, convince KPN not to end the Access for company, keep it moving, and had some discussions with uh, the KPN uh, board at that time to convince them 
it's a bad idea. And I must say, Mr. Ibarra was very interested at the time at our views, but uh, was not convinced. And really convinced, what does it matter? Internet is internet. Who cares? Very different approach uh, mm. from uh, the quality approach that was there. From, no, no, no. It's not just the internet. It's it, the whole thing together. There's a community. There's going the extra mile. There's different services. And you, you say nothing will change, but things, a lot of things will change. A lot of services are now unique to access for all will disappear because KPN cannot or will not copy them to their own systems. The whole uh, technical setup of the two companies was totally different. And um, after the, the, this, this action uh, group really tried to prevent um, to, to, uh, dissolving this uh, access for all, even tried to buy access for all from, from KPN, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which uh, also failed, not because they couldn't find funding, because they could find funding very easily for that. Uh, KPN wasn't listening. And uh, even the, the people within Xtrol themselves, the employee, we had, hey, you have the Works Council firmly try to prevent this, this, this thing of the company, tried to even go to court. Works Council is a little bit like a, a union for people who are. Uh, yeah, the Works Council, yeah. yeah. But they lost because, yeah, in the end, you know, the, the judge sa said, yeah, well, it, KPN in the end is the shareholder of the company, so they have every right to do a stupid decision with it. And it was, so uh, yeah. that, that I remember that uh, last year uh, it was 19th of September, all in the morning, the strategy officer of the KPN board, and he told me, Anko, we got to do two things. First, you uh, tried to buy Access for All, you made a, a good offer, but we're going to uh, not go into that. Secondly, uh, the Works Council wants to drag us to court, let them do, we will win. Uh, we are fully uh, going through with integrating the Xtrol uh, brand into our own systems, moving the customers over, full on this integration. And that was for us a sign, uh, because we had already been investigating for some time, what if indeed Xtrol would disappear? Is there still a possibility in the commodity market of ISPs in the Netherlands for an independent uh, provider that, again, stands for the privacy matters, security matters, and quality matters that were always a principle also in Access for All. But below those principles, put them in the, uh, this era, 2020, is there room in the market for such a provider? Which I tried to investigate came to the conclusion that talking to a lot of people, talking to a lot of companies, although this is, is not an easy task, it's a full market out there, it's possible. You can still do that based on those principles. You can still found a new company and get a new position in that market. So in, uh, in November last year, we announced that we would start Freedom. And we always said to KPN, listen, guys, if you... Try, if you really decide to kill the company Access for All, then there will be a, some people that will go found a new ISP, whether it be us, whether it be somebody else. There is a void in the market uh, coming. Somebody will uh, do that and will attract customers straight from your customer base. 
They wouldn't believe that. So that was, would be this the is case. me secretly nodding over here. <laughs> Sorry? Just, I'm secretly nodding here in agreement. As soon as I heard Access for All was being taken over, I was going, okay, somebody's going to fork this project. And when they do, I'm there. Yeah, sure. Uh, but, they, but the KPN board wouldn't believe it. He said, no, 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 nobody will take that. It's just the internet. Who cares? They will come. They really didn't believe it in the, in the beginning. And uh, so they were uh, very surprised that we actually did it. And um, but we were still uncertain. Uh, we, we we believed firmly that we could do it. So we could pull it off. And we, for the first things, we said, okay, how if we start a new company, how are we gonna avoid ever this same scenario again? How we do we avoid over from by a, a telco like this? How do we stay, uh, guarantee our independence? So what I we did, the, the transition was quite interesting. I wonder, could you explain to people how you kind of went about kickstarting the the freedom yeah, sure. and the whole thing behind freedom and what it was as well, uh, and how you managed to uh, get that domain? Yeah, well, the, well, I come to that. The first thing we did is we 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 said, okay, we don't want any private people to be shareholder. Put all the shares into a. Uh, and not and in, in, in a not-for-profit organization. So we have a non, not-for-profit organization as a shareholder, so that we avoid all profit maximization issues and things that come to that. And so there's no trigger to sell shares for profit. Um, so we started with that, and then we said, okay, how we raise money uh, to to start because it's quite capital intensive. Um, so we said, okay, the, the best way to do it if we are independent is to let the people uh, see if we can can have a movement going. Okay? Crowdfunding is the way to go. So we announced our, on the 4th of November last year, we announced our uh, crowdfunding that we, uh, we need to raise a minimum of one and a quarter uh, million euros. And at, at that time, the maximum we could raise was 2.5 million, that was by law. To our great and unbelief almost, and, and we saw the, the impossible happen, is that we, within three days, had 2.5 million euros raised. Wow. That was re- really crazy. Uh, Ken, uh, well, we were sitting and staring at the screen at the time and, and, and looking <laughs> and what is going on? What is happening? Unbelievable. We, we were pressing refresh on our on our. Uh, crowdfunding page every every ten seconds, and then thousands of euros. Just it was like a life ticker going. It was incredible. So after after the first day, after twenty four hours, we had already raised about over a million euros. Awesome, awesome. It was on the on the national news the next day that that we did that, and, and so it was really for the Netherlands. It was a real thing. It was never been a. Uh, crowdfunding so fast uh, done for a net Dutch company. It was it was un- unbelievable. And for some I, still, when people, I think back of those days, yeah, still looking lazy to my screen. I said, "What is going on?" And for uh, people who are not aware, although the Netherlands is just definitely top two countries in the world, um, it has only fifteen million people in it. So uh, to to give you some sort of context, you know. Yeah, indeed. So in the end, uh, uh, within three days, so we, we raised the money, 2.5 million, which is still uh, not a lot, but gave us en- enough to start. And um, uh, 
there were over 3,000 people uh, chipping in. And uh, we, we got mails weeks after that saying, oh, I, I wanted to chip in money. I was too late. Can I still participate in the crowdfunding? And we said, no, we can't do more right now. And then maybe later in future when we do a second round. Second thing we did uh, that we said, okay, uh, when, when we did the whole uh, Access from a Stay Action Committee, we did a petition on the internet where people could digitally sign a petition to, uh, to sympathize with our, with our plan. And we, we had, at some point, we had uh, 55,000 uh, uh, people signing the petition. The point was that we said, okay, having a petition signed is one thing that does not really mean that somebody also had to, Show to me the money, switch yeah. from exactly. the provider. So what we said is, okay, uh, maybe we can start something like and already be one of the first to, to be there. So we said we created what we call the founding membership you pay 50 euros per founding member, you already get your email address, your .freedom at NL, uh, which is a great address, of course, email address. And with that email address, you get also a free .nl domain name. So you'll never get a vendor locked in by a provider again, because that's something you can keep with you. Because a lot of people are sort of, yeah, feeling locked in with their provider because of their email address. Well, just to, just to, to put in there, sorry to interrupt you, but you could tell the quality of the candidates coming to a job interview based on their, if they had an access for all an email address. And a lot of guys <laughs> I was talking to after this happened, they were like just in tears that their access for all internet uh, address would be left back at KPN and they couldn't move. Yeah, sure, and 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 we 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 currently we we talk daily to people mailing and or 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 phoning us that if there is not any way we can try to get the extraordinary uh, addresses alive or or moved over to us, and yeah, that's the only thing I can't do. How badly I wanted it. So, uh, but back to the founding member thing. So we we gave uh, everybody email address. Domain name and the idea that you would be first in line to uh, get a freedom uh, uh, internet connection. And uh, you know, within a couple of days, we had 10,000 people already uh, paying that 50 euros. And weeks after that, it kept on coming. So for us, then, when we saw that, that went so fast, that was really the trigger. Okay, now we can start. So in um, January of this year, we, we really started to, uh, with uh, some people, started uh, building, creating, uh, building our uh, server network, uh, building our uh, software or order systems, uh, getting contracts in arranged and started really, which was going quite good till in March, we had a little problem in oh. uh, this worldwide uh, thing called Corona, which uh, gave us two problems. It's the first one, we, we, because we, on the 29th of March, we had a huge launch party planned. Everybody that chipped in a thousand euros or more in the, in the crowdfunding campaign was allowed to have tickets to our uh, launch party and had uh, Redizo, which is a very famous uh, concert hall in uh, Amsterdam. 
donated uh, their their uh, premises to us to give a launch party. We invited 1,500 people to that party, but sadly, uh, it couldn't go through, which was a real bummer, of course. Uh, we had to, to, to invent how we start working together because if, you, if you're starting a company, you're starting up, you're sitting together, you're, you're brainstorming, you're, you're, you're designing your company, designing your systems, designing your software, designing, that, that involves a lot of sitting together and brainstorming. And suddenly everybody was sitting at home. We had to reinvent how we could work together and, and get the same vibe going on. And that really took some weeks to, to get that going again. So those things didn't help. But still, we managed to start uh, starting with the first uh, deliveries of internet connections to customers in uh, in uh, May uh, of this year. So I think still that's quite. And currently, we we are doing uh, everyday new connections uh, to uh, to customers with uh, IPTV internet connections, VoIP, uh, of course, with fixed IP uh, address. Real challenge: IP4 addresses in this world. Everybody so gets in uh, fixed and all those kinds of things. How do uh, you sell on top? Can you just explain how the Dutch market is there with regard to access to the physical metrics? Yeah, in, 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 uh, we, we have, uh, uh, there's, there's, there are two large telecom operators in the Netherlands. Um, one is KPN. Uh, they own the whole um, uh, old telephone network that's there in the Netherlands. So if you uh, need to deliver uh, internet over uh, copper, so DSL connections, you have to use KPN. So what we can do, we can get into a contract with KPN for access to uh, the layer one uh, part of their network the, and, and uh, the, 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 the copper lines. Um, and they will allow that. So they have a wholesale agreement you can enter with them, which allows you to enter that network. I don't think it was from the goodness of their heart. I think they were forced to do that, if I'm not mistaken. Well, they used to be, uh, to, to get complicated, there used to be a law in the Netherlands that actually said you have to give third parties access to that network. Um but um, there was a huge uh, court case in March of this year mm-hmm. against the other large operator, which is called Vodafone Zigo. And they have uh, sole rights to the whole cable network. Mm-hmm. No, it's, we, we call it the coax. Uh, is it the same in English? Yeah, it's the coax. I uh, currently work for them, full disclosure. <laughs> okay. So they have the sole rights to the whole uh, cable network and the DOCSIS uh, uh, standards and everything. And there was a uh, the 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 um, the ACM, that's the authority in the Netherlands that looks up uh, a, a right way of doing business in in in, in, in all kinds of areas. Like started, uh, Ofcom uh, in the UK, I guess. Yeah, they started a court case to give also third parties uh, access to that network. And the thing that nobody expected happens, Vodafone um, Zika won. So they are, were not allowed or were not obligated to give third, uh, third parties access to the, to the cable network. The side effect, KPN, was also not 
obligated anymore to give uh, third parties access to the network. But KPN decided to keep on doing that because it's a huge business model for them. It's a great way to utilize their network uh, more than they can do themselves. So they would, would continue that. Those are the large two parties. To make things more difficult, then we have the glass fiber network. And then we come into a real, almost wild west arena where we have some large uh, glass fiber operators, KPN being the largest. Um, two million uh, homes in the Netherlands glass fiber via their network. Um, and then there are, I believe, over 40 different networks in the Netherlands that deliver uh, fiber to the home. Um, a lot of locals, small players, mid-size, all kinds. And my, as I'm independent, my goal is to, in the end, to be able to deliver my ISP services on all those networks. But you can understand that you have to then enter contracts and with over 40 different fiber to the home operators, um, all with their own pricing models, with their own APIs for ordering. This is quite a project. Even even maintaining the contact information from all these people will be, yeah, just nuts. Yeah, so this is, this is a real um, divided market, the fiber market. Uh, what you do see is uh, there are two large, KPN is the largest. You see Delta Fiber is a quite large one. Um, T-Mobile is getting into that market. Um, and uh, a lot of the smaller ones get bought, are being bought up by KPN. So there, and But you also see that the, the heat is on. For example, in The Hague, uh, what you see there, that T-Mobile decided to do a large area of The Hague uh, to put a, a fiber to the home project, so they start being uh, into the ground and uh, putting the fibers. And KPA said, "Move over. We're also going to do the Hague." And now they are fighting in the streets. Who's the first? And every home ends up with two fibers. Oh, wow. one of KPN and one of T-Mobile. The real waste of money. Yeah, considering there are people out in the sticks that probably will never get it. But yeah. Incredible, uh, but this is real. What what what's happening uh, right now in the Netherlands is it's the 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 operators are fighting over who's first in in an area to to put in the fibers. And if one company says we're gonna do city A, then the other said no, no, we do city A first. And uh, it, it's 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 re- it's a ridiculous area at the moment. But uh, the only positive side we can see of this is that uh, we expect that. Um, percentage of homes in the Netherlands that also get a fiber connection uh, getting uh, quite high in the, in the, in the coming years. Um, I've, I need to tread carefully with this question, as you can understand, but do you, do you feel that the fiber business will impact the cable business at all? Do you think that's going to be a disadvantage to the court ruling or not? I believe myself, uh, but th- that has to be seen that um, I think the cable market will open up as well for third parties in, the, in next year. I firmly believe that in the end, there's no way uh, they can keep that network through themselves. Though um, Liberty Global would love to prevent other, and Liberty Global being the owner of Photovoltaico, 
also keep that network for themselves. I don't think they can. Uh, there are new telecom laws in the making that would force uh, open access. Um, when that will go, will take effect, I don't know. But um, the other telecom companies will really start competing with uh, Vodafone Zigo on, on bandwidth and on large and low cost uh, broadband connections on fiber. It's going to be an interesting, uh, the coming yeah. two, three years will be interesting what's going to happen then. For example, mm-hmm. and, and what we can do at the moment, and that is, is real going on, you see a shift to uh, uh, larger broadband connections. We're now delivering one gigabit connections to the homes for 49 euros a month. Um, yes, and I'm very happy with that. <laughs> oh, you have one. Well, very good. Well, just for the folks listening, this is, uh, and I know some of, we've had some horror stories here in HPR from uh, from uh, ISPs in the States. There was a denial of service attack last week, and I called up you guys to see what was going on. And uh, then I asked, was there anybody available for an interview? And lo and behold, four days later, we're talking to the CEO of the company, so... That's that's the level of service you get at freedom.nl. Sure, that's that's but that is the the, the whole idea of our company, you know, we we're we approachable and 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 when you talk with with uh, one of our people from our service support team, you're talking with a support team, you're talking with uh, Max or Sean, you know, they they're they're real people out there with yep, with yep. knowledge. That's the whole idea. Uh so uh I'm not really happy I'm being remembered at this uh, DDoS attack because <laughs> that's not my favorite moments. But no, these but, things uh, happen. Uh, these things happen. I mean, we HPR ourselves were down for six days. Um, but with us, it's an RSS feed. So six days later, the, you have six episodes instead of none. So great. <laughs> it's, uh, but it's annoying. But teething problems. So have you had a lot of teething problems in setting up the ISP? What kind of problems? Teething problems as in... Um, uh, what's the Dutch uh, word for teething problems? Just hold on one second. Yeah. Now there's no one home to do the translation. Uh, startup yeah, problems, problems you didn't expect. Uh, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, lots. That's the whole idea. If you're starting something new, you, you we would thought, oh, this this will be easy and it takes forever. Um one of the big issues we had was, uh, uh, which was really a, there were loads, but this is an example. Um, when we started, one of the services you have to do is uh, IPTV. Honestly, mm-hmm. IPTV is not my favorite part of being in ISP because it's a difficult product. Um, well, it's kept me in here for 20 years, so yes. Yeah. We had the choice between, uh, uh, okay, that, are we going to de- develop ourselves a platform for IPTV, struggle with the content providers on, on rights for, for and, and stuff like that. And as a starting company, that would seems like a stretch too far. So we use, we start looking, okay, where we can, uh, which, is there a company in the Netherlands that we can get this service from? The only company that was available was uh, Canal Digital, they, they called Canal Plus. And um, we went into uh, an agreement with them, which took ages, uh, fought over their privacy statement, 
So we ended up rewriting their privacy statement from the ground up. In the end, they accepted. Um, so it was quite an interesting uh, project there already. And uh, what happened is uh, that we started out and the hardware they were shipping out, the, co- uh, the, the decoder hardware, was, to say the least, the worst thing I ever saw. Incredible uh, uh, crappy. Was was hopelessly uh, slow. Was 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 not responding in a lot of customers. Was we had a lot of problems with that. So after a couple of months, we decided uh, we 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 talked with uh, Kavapluso about this. Guys, this is really bad. We can't continue with this. So we decided to swap all the STBs out for a, a better model. Which, if you're starting out, and is, is not a project you're no. waiting for, no. that you have to uh, uh, switch a couple of thousand uh, STBs uh, out there. So collect the old ones back, send new ones. Um, all these uh, STBs have, are registered with their MAC address on the line. You have to software activate them when they're there, deactivate the old ones. It's a kind of project you're not waiting for at that moment because it doesn't help you in any new way, it's just fixing crap you've been <laughs> been sending out. But we, yeah, we yeah. really said we can't do this. We have to fix it. This is not we want who we want to be. So we, we that's those startup errors we made. We, we should maybe we should have been testing the old thing better, uh, but we didn't have much time to test the old STB. They were uh, also quite new for us. Um, but we learned from that. That, that was. Something was, I think, our biggest um, failure, fail from 2020. Well, but, uh, I don't get TV because uh, I I work with it during the day, so I don't need to be doing it at night. So, so oh, uh, I didn't suck up for your TV. Consider <laughs> yourself lucky. Yeah? IPTV is, is, is a difficult thing for an ISP because, you yes, know, it yes. is, it, there are so many things that go, can go wrong there. Yes. Anything goes wrong. Just a packet loss can already uh, sometimes uh, make make lock in your on your on your screen, and um, people are uh, on the phone. Very yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's, a, it's a completely different. I noticed that when I went from. I don't want to go too much into detail here, but um, professionally, that's not a good thing to do. Um, when I went from KPN to um, to Liberty, the the DNA in KPN you really saw was the uh, was the telephone, was the cable, was the copper wire. Whereas in uh, Liberty, it was all about the TV, making sure that the TVs keeps running, keeps running, and and I think that's a fair thing to say without getting myself in trouble with either company. Yeah, if if you're going to technically, it's of of course already difficult because you have to have the TV goes on another VLAN. Yeah. Have a multicast stream going on on uh, in our case uh, VLAN four, um, but the, your setup box is also communicating over the internet on VLAN six, and that whole has to be matched again together. Quite a complex thing. Yeah, and there is no toleration for outages on TV at all from the customer. No. The worst part is coming that uh, what we see a lot, for example, is. Um, a lot of people use these. Uh, uh, how, how do you call them in English? These these power over uh, uh, oh, internet yeah. over power things. Yeah. Like uh, connections in their houses in their home. 
And if something there is giving problems with IPTV, then those things there are irreliable as can be. If somebody starts drilling and the TV goes out. Oh, they're really no. Nobody knows these things have firmware you should update and things like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so what sort of uh, other services do you have going on? Um, why did you focus on TV? Well, you had to focus on TV because it was um, it's a requirement, I guess, in the package. Yeah, we, 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 because 50% of our customers wants to have t- television. So it was a, a must-have for us. Same as uh, VoIP. Um, we were thinking, uh, who is still uh, uh, using uh, tel- uh, telephone at home? You have your mobile there, but a lot of people still do. Also something we had to do. Um, so those are, were like must-haves to be a full ISP, must-haves to implement, although uh, it's not very exciting to do, but you have to do them. Yeah, bread and butter stuff. Much more exciting is the project I'm working on right now, and which is? Hopefully we'll see the light of day uh, coming year. Is for example that I uh, one of the things I really want to do is uh, giving all our customers cloud uh, storage based on Nextcloud, open source uh, awesome. Nextcloud system. That's something I, that's far more fun to do. Oh, that's excellent! About yeah. two days late because I've just start, set up my own cloud instance, but awesome. Yeah. So we we really uh, and investigating, which is which is quite complex. Don't don't forget putting on the next cloud is one thing, but doing that for thousands of people and uh, with auto uh, provisioning, it's a, it's a different uh, story with uh, the storage uh, going well. So, but this, this is really what we want to do: using next cloud as as with Dutch uh, storage, all our customers. That is the, the one of the directions we are thinking of. Can where can I go off on a tangent here? Where are your data centers, or how are you doing that, or is that confidential, or whatever? No, that's not confidential. Um, uh, to be honest, when, when we started, we had no money, uh, but, but even before uh, the crowdfund. But we needed already some service for our website. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was this this lovely company in the Netherlands called Bit, is a uh, data center company, and they do hosting which provided us with the uh, rec space uh, for free to get started. Those guys Whoa, really that was helped nice. us out. So that is one of the areas we are, we are, uh, already, where we already based. Then uh, where we also have uh, started out very quickly after that is a data center in Amsterdam called Nikhev. Um, and Nikhev is an important data center to be as an ISP because all people with ha- that have a network in the Netherlands are connecting there, like one of the places to be. So we have presence in Nikhev. And currently we are uh, expanding our space in other data centers. And we have locations in Amsterdam, Eiselstein, which is near Utrecht, and uh, just above Amsterdam in Wormerveer, mm-hmm. uh, which is, um, uh, we, we have a company here called Selnex in the Netherlands. Selnex owns the old towers, where uh, the television uh, antennas used to be, on the, and, and broadcast antennas, really large towers. Uh, they are converted to data centers, and that's also places where we put sp- stuff in at the moment. I worked in the first job when I came here was on the telecom tower in Hilversum. Okay, 13, cool. 13th floor. 
I should have taken that as a sign, but anyway. Well, we we now sometimes have meetings on uh, on the top floor of the uh, Utrecht uh, Tower, which is now the Christmas tree, the famous Christmas tree. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is ex- this is an ex- superb view over there. It's awesome, all right, yeah. Um, and yeah, sorry, Nick, if I spent many many a night in both of those buildings, but okay. Um, <laughs> So, what sort of servers are you running? Why do you why do you need servers? What 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 are you doing? Well, um, we were discussing, and what we uh, we originally wanted to do is running all on virtual machines. On and it's called uh, we were we are really working a lot with Open Nebula environment. We want to explore more and more and more of those. Our uh, servers are in that Nebula. Call it uh, architecture, but uh, in the end, we still need uh, not of the. We are not ready yet to be fully uh, open nebulized, or you call that. So we are still uh, using servers for our DNS, for our, our uh, order machines, for our uh, for our um, websites and things like that. Those servers are still needed, uh, but of course, all virtualized Proxmox uh, style. Mm-hmm. And like um, that, of course, you need space in your data centers for your uh, for your core routers, for your subscription management, for all the all the users, for your session terminations. We we use PPoE for uh, for uh, the sessions, so they have to be terminated. Um, all those things you have, uh, they have to be somewhere. Do they physically, when you are installing into a customer premises, do you do you have your own staff yourselves, or is that outsourced to the um, to the people you're renting the lines off? Um, no, well, what, all we have to do, like we we are responsible for our our own uh, ISP layer three, we have to do that ourselves. So that is all. Uh, if I understand your question right, so all the the data center work is done by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, of course, we we hire some people in for extra hands or extra uh, brains, um, but the, the the core of the work is done by ourselves. Yeah. So when I was switching from Access for All, for instance, to uh, to Freedom, then I installed the package myself. But there is the option there to have an installer come in. Those those people those, are those are not people from ourselves yeah, um, yeah. because uh, that means that you have to have people throughout the whole country which is uh, quite costly um, so what we do we have a agreement with a company called Romatech uh, at the moment and um, they have a special um, crew of people that are uh, authorized by us to do a freedom installs. So if you if you want to have a stall, then uh, mm-hmm. they will come on the on the date that the, the, your your line is delivered. They will come to install your your uh, modem and router and and set up your Wi-Fi or your television set. Um, it's a select group of uh, uh, all guys that are throughout the whole country and doing those uh, assignments. And then in the dish center on the other end of the line, there's you need to connect into the KPN equipment somehow. Yeah, but that is that is, that is that is virtual. 
that's mostly virtual. Yeah. So that is done fully automatic. If you, for example, are switching, let's say, from, from Access for All to us, that's done uh, automatically in the night. Um, so your lines will be switched to our to us usually uh, between midnight and 6 a.m. in the morning. And uh, you have a downtime of one or two minutes. You go off, uh, you were switched, and you will uh, go on again. And you just have to set up the new uh, PPOE session. And you're on our network. Quite I must say, so. I had taken the whole day off and told everybody that there was going to be, uh, you know, basically, I was going to have a free day. But by five past nine, I was back online, unfortunately. <laughs> Very disappointing. It's, it's pretty painless. <laughs> well, in ninety-eight percent, it's like that. Uh, of course, sometimes goes something goes wrong. It happens, and uh, but in, usually it's uh, just. Uh, and that's the. Um, that's why I'm glad you. It was amazingly refreshing to pick up the phone and talk to somebody and and just go. Right, I've done the IPU config. I've done this. I've done the dig. Uh, I've checked against your server. Your server's not responding. I'm seeing the logs here, and it just completely bypassed the whole. Have you connected your Windows PC up? Have you restarted? I was talking to a tech note on the other side, and it was like, okay, there's something going on. I'll call you back. All right, bye. And then he did follow up, but it was so refreshing. It's like that. That ex famous XKCD comic where the guy has the dream you know, with the secret word. Well, this the, 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 the three. Yeah, we don't we don't have a uh, what you, the most uh, people do is that they have a first line, second line, third line support. And if you're talking to first line, it's in need uh, if you try turning it off and on again. Mm-hmm. That level. We decided we don't do that. So the moment you call, you get somebody on the line that has the tools, the knowledge uh, to help you directly. It's not easy to keep that going if you are, if your number of customers are growing, uh, mm-hmm. but we still will try to do that uh, uh, because you want a person that does not work with a stupid script, but someone that listens to your problem and knows what to do. Exactly, and I would argue that if you're building a service as reliable as that, then the number of times you need to phone up is is minimized so that those people can actually focus on their job. And it's good to see you've got the RSS feed where you can see your outages straight away. So I know yeah. not to call if there's an issue. Uh, and that's, but uh, f- f- because now, and, and honestly, we are, we are still far from, from where we want to be. You know, we, we, what we said, we want to, um, for uh, a nine plus out of 10 on all everything we do. And uh, we also know that we're not there yet. So we have, Still, a lot of things to to improve and to and do better, and uh, but we know that, and we are working on that uh, because we it's the goal where we want to be is to get above that nine out of ten in everything we do. And I think we've uh, we focused quite a lot on just the technical aspect of what you're trying to do. But to be honest, if you're looking over at the at you know the about page. Um, it's a lot less about the technical aspects and there's a lot more about um, privacy, data retention. Um, can, can you talk to me more about that, that aspect? How it seems to be in your DNA, it privacy, is. data protection and security. Where, where did yeah. that come from? 
It's, it's what we believe in, and everybody that works with the company believes that. So everything what we do is uh, uh, how can we make something uh, privacy by design? So every, with everything we do, think about uh, the basics first, put it down in the right way. So, uh, for example, when we started out uh, as a founding member, very simple example, we said, okay, um, people need an email address and uh, so they have to uh, fill in a form with their uh, thing. But for an email address of a service, do we need to know if somebody is, is man or male or female? Well, no, we don't. It doesn't really matter. So why ask? You know, so... We don't ask more than is necessary to do the service. Um, we don't like being traced and tracked and traced on the internet. Uh, so we said, okay, if we, we, we do a newsletter to our customers, we bloody make sure there's no tracker hidden pixel whatsoever in there. Don't need that. There are better ways to get connected with your customers, not because you want to track and trace them. Um, well, why? Why are you so passionate about it? Where does that come from? Come from that we are a bit fed up with the with the profiling and uh, the, the 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 need of, of of companies to know so much about you, uh, which is a, a sort of data mining, data rivers, data lakes, putting that everything uh, in there. Uh, the, the 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 profiling for 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 uh, uh, real time bidding uh, platforms and and and. Creating super profiles of, of people uh, out there, right? We we going the wrong way. Um, the internet was never meant to be a sort of playground for big tech companies that uh, want to know everything about you and 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 know more about it, probably know already before you do which, on which uh, candidate in election you want to gonna gonna vote. Um, this is not uh, what we where we want to go. We want to go. Uh, in a different direction. I'm not against marketing in any way. Let, let me be sure, uh, honest about that, but not in the way we are going now that all this data owned by the, the large technical co uh, corporations going in a direction we don't feel comfortable with. Uh, you know, it means that you already mm -hmm. have a false start in life. For example, here in the Netherlands, if, you, if you're a child and, and you're being born and you go to uh, primary school when you go to your third, fourth grade, you're, what is it, you're, you're five years old, six years old, you get a Gmail account because the schools work with Gmail and, and uh, the whole uh, Google Suite. Uh, and there already starts vendor lock-in. So, and the, 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 the whole, because Google don't, does not need cookies or whatever, there's login service and they can start already making a beautiful profile of your uh, coming life. I don't think that's the way we want to go with with this with this world. Yeah, but you're running a business. You should look at the opportunities that this sort of information gives you in order to increase shareholder value. Oh, hold on. You don't have shareholders. Forgot about that. Yeah, that's exactly the reason why we don't have them because the, the whole idea of shareholder value, we want to eliminate because we said, okay, that whole idea of shareholder uh, value and maximizing profit drives the idea that you need to collect those data to monetize it. And we said, okay, we, we, we don't need, of course we have to have, we have to be profitable. You can't run the business and grow the business if you're not profitable, but um, not at cost 
of everything. So we don't monetize data. We don't uh, collect uh, profiles from you. Uh, there are other ways and, and better ways and much more uh, ideas to do it in an alternative way. Uh, and sometimes that means that if you start advertising, uh, we have to sort of go 10 years back in time. We had discussions, okay, what if I want to banner on your page with, with, with our company and I just want to pay uh, 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 when you click on it, I'll, I'll pay for the, for the click. But I don't want you to build a profile of the, uh, that page. People look at you if you're, if you're from an, sometimes from, from another world because this is the standard nowadays. <laughs> because I don't want that standard. I want... I want to be creative again. Interestingly enough, we have the Dutch um, uh, company called Stair, which is uh, responsible for the advertisements on the public uh, channels. Yeah, yeah. What they did is they said, okay, guys, all profiling, what we did in the past, we stopped all the profiling. We quit. We don't do it anymore. And uh, interestingly enough, that when they stopped profiling and, and, and just doing a bit more, yeah, almost old-fashioned way of displaying uh, ads, um, the success rates and conversion rates of those ads went up. So yeah, yeah. it's you, you can do without. So what we want to try to see, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't have the answer on all, all those questions yet. How can we do all this advertising without... Uh, profiling uh, it's 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 an investigation that is ongoing the fact that you even need to discuss this is is just a sad state of affairs that you can't yes. advertise without tracking it's just <laughs> exactly so what we said okay we don't have the answer on everything but let's investigate it and if we find a way to do it in another way then we also show let us also show people okay, this is how we did it and this is how you can also can do it and that other also people can also uh, work with that, and um, hopefully we 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 get some things in motion. So looking at your page here, you're talking about fundamentally against undermining uh, undermining the professional secrecy of lawyers and journalists. You uh, want to open infrastructure. You want. Uh, Data retention, you're happy to discuss data retention laws. Uh, you want to stop building loopholes into encrypted software. You're talking about e-regulation. Uh, you're talking about supporting stopping fake news, uh, preventing internet surveillance. You want DNS over SSH or over uh, HTTPS. Uh, you don't want uh, EU's data going to the US. This... This is more like um, uh, I, I'm coming from the free open source software uh, side of things. This is this is sort of stuff that we've been pushing for years. It's actually refreshing to talk to a business person that gets this. And Thank how can <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm so used to arguing arguing the other way now. <laughs> I feel I'm talking to somebody who's uh, more. Uh, more au fait with with these sort of things, but what other? Um, it's it's just sad that we need this stuff. And how has the reaction been from other businesses or, or other CEOs that you talk to? Or with COVID, is that not a thing? Well, 
Well, all kinds of different ways. Uh, a lot of people looking at us uh, uh, as this new kid on the block and, and see if they make it. And if we make it, then uh, maybe uh, they've got a point. Yeah. I think uh, the proof is in the pudding. So we, we, we have to do these things. But I see, I see in the whole uh, society, in, in political, but also with people, I see that there's a, a year of data collection, doing things all the way, open source. It's getting more and more accepted. I'm a great example, for example, when in the Netherlands we started the discussion on a corona app. Yes, yes. Um, which started out with a, a few companies presenting something which failed tremendously. And then with a few companies and a few uh, organizations, we put up a uh, manifest, uh, which translates to safe against the corona, which outlined a few points that if you want to do this in the proper way, sort of points, these are the steps you have to take in consideration. And open source was one of them. Uh, privacy by design was one of them. There, there was, a, was a long list. And what happened actually is that the, our government said, hmm, this is a good idea. Let's uh, uh, talk to the community of uh, hackers and coders, people that put on this manifest, and see if we can build something together, completely open sourced, completely privacy by design. And uh, see if that kind of works. And uh, the government really did. So, uh, yeah, we have a CoronaMelder app now, which is the source code is in GitHub. Uh, it's open for everybody to see. Um, we were asked to host the website around it. Uh, they involved all the criticasters, actually, and said, okay, if, if, mm -hmm. let's see if we can do better. So, the first time you see a sort of uh, from the government promoted open source project and that is refreshing actually yes it, it is for once which opens an old world of new possibilities uh, i I'm, I'm really hoping that in the years to come that the government sees now and i i i, I what i see in my my discussions with them that they are more and more okay with open open source developments against the the all the yeah, classic suppliers, they already paid for years, huge amount of money with, with all kinds of vendor lock-in uh, issues. And they now see that there is another solution. It's not only crappy software, but can be real good open source solutions. And well, that is yeah, that's, that's, It's a good start. Let's, let's hope it continues. We're not there yet. No, that's for sure. Uh, the Netherlands is not an all free open source nirvana, alas. Um, <laughs> what other services did you have at Access for All that you're thinking of migrating over, and what other services over there are you thinking of not migrating over? If you had all uh, the time and money in the world, yeah, it's difficult. Okay? We we are not we are of course different companies, and it gives us the luxury also doing things a bit differently. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things I'm I'm not sure about is, is shared web hosting, for example. Difficult product. Um, I don't know what to do with that. Low margins as well. Low margin, a lot of work, a lot of potential issues with uh, nowadays everybody wants to have 
uh, WordPress installs on it, which you have to monitor yeah. for uh, 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 upgrade if there's any any zero day thing. It's 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 quite. Uh, what I do like is is virtual machines. So I, I'm I'm more leaning to virtual machines than to uh, classic shared web hosting. Some Docker containers, or are you talking VMs? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Docker containers. I, I find that more interesting. Uh, how, when, I don't know. But that's that's uh, uh, yeah. I think that that is more the way we go. Um, and is it you? That one of the things we probably will never start doing, uh, but you'll never know for sure, is uh, Usenet. Yeah. How so? Why? Access Roll was always famous on their new Zilla server. Yeah, exactly. Um, but honestly, if I look at the amount of work we had to and 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 resources we have to put in, will you, will you do that with a good latency and and and, and retention? Sorry. And um, and the amount of people that are asking for it now is we have lots more to do. And is that, is that are not legal risks associated with that? Given that, in fairness, the main use case for having that is gone, and there is now another use case. There are, I, I think, there are a lot of uh, available uh, new service out there that can do a better retention than we ever can do. Yeah, because they're, they're specialized in it. Not really, uh, um, but uh, and again, you never know. Maybe we decide one day. Okay, maybe it's a good idea. I never know. Who decides there? We as a team. Uh, we we decide as a team. In the end, of course, uh, uh, it's my final call. But it's quite democratic. And as a team, I mean that everybody's involved in in the things like uh, what, what we have a lot of projects going on. Uh, and we, we score every project, internal project, different uh, parameters that can be, uh, uh, does it bring extra customers? Does it uh, give operational excellency? Does it uh, set up apart from the rest uh, as, as an exclusively thing? Does it, uh, it's cost effective? Does There are a, a, a list of parameters we score every project and the whole company is from, from support desk to finance till development till uh, system uh, DevOps and, and from management is involved in scoring and it's the total scoring that sets the priority. Many people are employed by you? Well, we we're now at 18 people. That's quite a small operation for such a impressive company. Uh yeah. Uh, and if if uh, I if thing goes as planned as I see at at the moment, to go to say thirty people by the end of next year. Excellent, excellent, Smithers. Has your um. Has your attention to personal to privacy uh, brought in um, other companies specifically, or or not yet? Uh, has, has, that, has there been has any uh, companies with a freedom bent decided to pick your services just because uh, of the guarantees of privacy that they could uh, come to expect? We have companies that are customer, if you mean that, yeah, because of these things and because of 
for example, what we said, if uh, uh, we we, uh, we guarantee that in our uh, if you get email services from us, that we score uh, what we call a hundred percent on the uh, standards. There's a there's a uh, group of uh, a testing site here in the Netherlands called Internet and Internet.nl, which you can test your email server or your web server or your 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 connection with if it's fully compliant with all the standards out there. Now we said from day one, okay, we make sure that everything is 100% scoring. So there are companies that said oh, we want to make sure that our email, for example, is safe, safe as can be. And chose us for that mm-hmm. reason. And, um, so uh, we already won an award with uh, because we were the first provider in the Netherlands that also does consumers as as businesses that scored a triple perfect hundred percent score on these standards. There's no other ISP in the Netherlands at the moment does does that. And how are you heading towards profitability? Have you got enough customers coming on board? How many customers? Are you heading towards profitability, and were you able to convert the the ten thousand um, customers? I we we uh, as as we as we look at our plan, which is although it changed a lot since Corona, but in the end, if you look at the outcome, it doesn't really change a lot. Um, we expect to be profitable in two thousand twenty-two. Well, cool. Let's hope that continues for you. Yeah. But that, but but if if we look now and then everything seems uh, okay, of course this way, this year was uh, loss making because we had to invest a lot of money in building up the whole thing. Um, next year will be uh, also uh, loss making, but on a very smaller scale. And to to, to see, I see how that we are profitable. So I'm. Um, I'm very looking forward to the future. I think it's a positive yes, future yes. for us. Well, I sincerely hope so. And I, I, uh, I'm sure that uh, OHM or those events in the Netherlands you were planning on attending but not going to be able to. Would be nice to meet up and uh, discuss some of these things with you in a in <laughs> over a pint. <laughs> Sounds like a great plan when it's possible. Exactly. Uh, I'm right. really looking forward to the pine somewhere. Yeah, right now it doesn't look too great because we uh, we uh, postponed this interview so we could watch the country being put into yet another lockdown. Yep. We're looking forward to uh, going out again and uh, where are you based? In, in a pine somewhere. Are you based uh, in one place or are you a virtual teams at this stage? Uh, the company is based in Amsterdam. Yep. Myself, I'm living near the Hague, uh, so uh, but uh, we're spending uh, quite some time uh, at home again in the coming weeks. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, I don't know if I've uh, if I've missed anything. Um, if there's anything that you want to want to share with the with the folks here. No, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, thanks for the time uh, and and and, uh, and the, the opportunity to have this talk. Uh, very much. Uh, I think we went to it very quite thoroughly. Um, yeah, and obviously, if there's anybody in the Netherlands still on other ISPs, you should switch immediately, if not sooner. Um, Without saying, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, with that, I'll leave you to uh, what, what remains of the evening. And thank you very much for uh, the interview. And have a good evening. 
Tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.